Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! I uh, I sort of went back and forth on what I wanted to talk about today, and I know that the last time that I had um that I had preached, we had done a Pastor Jeff was in between sermon series, and so I had sort of done an in between thing, and I thought about doing that again because uh, we, you know we just finished First John, we're going to be going into Second John, and I thought about doing an in between thing, but um we had our our life group uh, the other week, and um, this story had come up. And it's just been on my mind for literally weeks now. And uh, I just really felt that we needed to to do something with that. I felt God telling me, you know, just go with this, go with this, go with this. And um, so that's what we're going to go with. And we're going to talk about faith today. And uh, some of you might be thinking faith, that's a really broad topic. It's also really like, who doesn't know what faith is? And, uh, you know, it's, it, it is, it's a pretty, it's a pretty broad topic that most of us have a, a general knowledge of, but, uh, I've also noticed in the last couple of weeks and months that, uh, there are definitely people who both Christians and non-Christians who don't really have a full grasp of what it means to have faith. And that's what I'm hoping that we can work with a little bit today is exactly what it means to have faith faith. So I want us to start exactly with that question. What is faith? And I looked at this in two ways. I looked at the Webster's definition and I looked at the biblical definition. Now, Webster's calls faith the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. While the Bible in Hebrews 11.1 states, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. And so I looked at these, the two of them together, and it's the complete trust or confidence in something or someone with the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It's the complete hope or confidence in something or someone that you may or may not be able to see for the assurance of things hoped for. And so there's three things that I want us to look at this with this today. Uh, And the first of these is faith in the unseen. And then once we have this faith in the unseen, how do we speak this faith? And then ending with what does this lead to? You know, once we have this faith, once we have this, you know, faith in the unseen, once we have the ability to speak it, what does it lead to? And so the the story that had come up during our small group was this analogy. And some of you may have heard this before. I know I've definitely heard it used in sermons before, and um, I've definitely heard it used just in conversations before. But uh, I don't know. It always sticks with me every time that I hear it. And it's the story of a man lost at sea. And so the man's sitting there on his you know life raft, lost at sea. And a plane flies overhead. And, you know, someone in the plane shouts down, sends out a flare, when saying, we can save you. And the guy looks up at them and goes, no, 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 don't worry. God will save me. And they say, okay. And they keep going. And a helicopter comes by and drops a, a, a rope ladder and says, hop on, we can save you. And he says, no, 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 God will save me. 
I don't need you to save me. God will save me. So they leave. And finally, a boat comes by and a boat comes right up next to him and says, literally, hop on our boat. We can save you. And he says, no, no, no. God will save me. And then the man dies. And the man gets to heaven and he walks through the pearly gates and he goes up to God and he says, God, why didn't you save me? I had so much faith. Why didn't you save me? I, I thought you would save me. And God looks at him and goes, I tried. I sent a plane, a helicopter, and a boat, but you turned it down every single time. And this is a really, it's a simple story, but I, I don't know what it is about it. It just always really grasped my attention and my just sort of what it's all about. And so I wanted to look at it from this concept of faith, this definition of faith, but you know, this, this biblical Webster's dictionary definition of faith. And did this man have faith? And, uh, I'm going to kind of go with the cop-out answer, which is kind of, maybe sort of, you might think, well, yeah, he had faith. Like he literally gave up his life because he had faith that God would save him. And that's true. But at the same time, he was missing one big aspect of what faith is. The conviction of things not seen. You know, on the surface, you know, it looks like this incredible, incredible faith. But you can make the argument that he cheapened the very being of God. And he did this by forcing the notion that there's only one way that God could save him. That God had to come down and physically save him. That God couldn't work through others and that God couldn't have other plans. That God had this one plan and it was the plan that he wanted of God. But as I mentioned, this is contradictory to the conviction of things not seen. Sort of putting God in this, in this narrow field where there's only one way that God can work. In this blind faith, it's such a core value of Christianity, and yet I see so many who don't understand why it exists. Um, you know, it's not uncommon to hear questions such as, if God is real, why doesn't he just show himself? I mean, how many of you guys have ever heard that question? And I don't know if it's just maybe me with a background in youth ministry and students, this comes up a lot. Um, but the, I can't be the only one who's heard this question a lot. Um, and not just, you know, I've heard it from non-Christians who are like, if God is real, why doesn't he just show himself? And I've heard it from Christians being like, man, you know, I believe in God, but why doesn't he just show himself? And, uh, this is, I mean, very much what happens in this story. The man at sea, he's pushing aside help because he wants to see a miracle happen. He wants to see God just show himself. And I used to tell my students when this question was asked of me that the reason God doesn't just show himself is because God doesn't want robots. Um, you know, God gave free will. God gave the ability to make choices. And if God wanted to, he could show up right now. He could take over this live stream 
And all of a sudden, instead of you guys looking at me, you guys are looking at God in heaven. And he's like, hey, Living Hope, thank you guys so much for the worship. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Um, and every single person here would drop to their knees and follow God. Every person who saw that would drop to their knees and follow God. You could show that to any non-Christian and they would follow God if God showed up in front of them. But the problem is we wouldn't have faith because we wouldn't have the choice to make that personal decision that I'm going to follow Jesus and have faith in God, even though I cannot see him. And if you ask me, this is such a more powerful relationship with God, that full lifelong commitment in someone that you cannot see instead of someone coming down and showing you how great they are and being like, well, why wouldn't I? Because that's God and he's right in front of me. And once we know what faith is, this, this conviction of things not seen, this hope for what's coming, this complete belief, confidence, and trust in the unseen God. What do we do with this? And uh, I came across this in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4.13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. In order to have a spirit of faith, we must embrace this complete belief and trust in the unseen God. What happens when we do this? We believe and we speak. But the way that we speak our faith is incredibly important. And an argument can be made that it will determine sort of whether our faith is biblical or whether our faith is something that we still need to work on. But a lot of us still need to work on our faith. We're still growing in our faith every single day. I would say even if you have the best faith in the world, you still need to work on it and grow it every single day. But true faith in God will not result in a faith in which we expect God to do things for us himself. But instead, when we embrace God and share this with the others around us, take the man on the raft. Imagine how much different that story is if he lets the boat pick him up and instead he uses the moment to speak about how God kept him alive and sent them to save him. Not only in this man does this man have faith, not only in this man does this man embrace what God has sent for him, but he's also using this opportunity to spread the gospel to others. And that's a lot of time what God is looking at in this situation when, you know, we use our faith as an excuse to almost be narrow minded in his solution of God coming and saving him. He is the one who ends up with that faith. He is the one who sees God. It's very much about him. And God's looking at this and saying this situation, I can do so much more with it. I can not only save you, but I can save the souls of some of those people on that boat. I can give you a story to go and tell people about how great I am. And that's sometimes when we look at our faith and we look at the different paths that we can take. And we oftentimes have this focus path 
and God's like, I have got such a great path for you. Just have faith in me. And I wanted to use another another story of this that really comes to my mind a lot with this. And uh, it's about my wife. And uh, I have asked her permission to tell this story because, uh, uh, I mean, it's a pretty personal story. Um, and it's a pretty personal sort of example of, of Kellen and sort of some of the things that she's gone through and dealt with. Um, and uh, a little sort of backstory. And uh, I don't know how, how into detail she thought I was going to go, but we're going to go into some detail. Uh, Kellen, uh, she has what's known as a dissociative disorder and, uh, it's not something that's real reared its head very recently. And I'm really proud of her and she's really, um, she's made amazing, amazing strides. But, um, you know, there were times when we were dating where one second we'd be having a conversation and then she would start to feel sort of either stressed or woozy, whatnot. And next second she wouldn't know who I was. Um, she wouldn't know who anyone was. And, um, you know, she'd have to work through it and work through it. And she'd come back and finally she'd remember who everyone is. She'd remember who he, she is. She'd be exhausted, but she'd be back. And um, a couple of years ago, we had a, a prayer group basically tell Kellen that um, God, they wanted to pray over her, that God would heal her, that God would heal her of this and that she would no longer have to deal with it. And, um, Helen was sort of, uh, she, she had already been prayed over and she had, um, she had come to, to basically an agreement with God about her situation. And she, she knew that God was, if God wanted to, he would make it go away, but that if it wasn't going away, it was because God wanted to use it for some other purpose. And these people were really adamant that her faith wasn't strong enough, basically, that she wasn't praying hard enough, that if she really prayed and if she actually had faith, that God would make it go away. And um, since then, uh, Kellen has helped at least, I believe, two people with the same disorder um, sort of dealing with it. She had someone reach out to her and was just like, I just got diagnosed with this. And how can I, can I have kids? Can I get married? Can I, can I have a job? And, uh, if she didn't have that disorder, she wouldn't have been able to help that person. And I was looking at this situation and I was like, Kellen had come to, as I had said, sort of an agreement with God, a realization that she is at a better place with this, where she can handle it, but it's always there. And that puts her in that situation where she can help people who are still in the thick of it. And sometimes when we look at this prayer group that really wanted to saying that her faith wasn't strong enough and and it's one of the reasons why I'm always very careful with my wording of things, because they had very much said, if you do this, God will heal it. And I always imagine that God is sitting up in heaven and he's just like, oh, man, I have a plan. I have a plan for this. But now if I heal her, I can't go forward with the plan that we had where there's people who need her help. But if I don't heal her, then these people 
are making me out to be a liar because they're saying I will heal them. So do I heal her and disregard the plan for her or do I not heal her and make these Christians look to be liars? And that's one of the things that I, I, I have seen a lot of, especially lately, is where we're using, we as in some Christians, are using their faith to basically speak what they want God to do. I was watching the news the other day and this, this Christian was on and they were saying that, um, you know, I can't get coronavirus because I'm a Christian and I have faith in God. God won't let me get sick. And it's once again, I just imagine God's up there and this person, it looks like they have this amazing faith and God's sitting there like, well, if you get sick now, the entire world will think that I don't exist and that I'm a liar. And if you, so if you do get sick and if you don't get sick, the only person, you know, there could be someone maybe that if they got sick, you know, God could have a different plan for it. God could have a different way that he's going to work things. And I always worry that we're putting, you know, we're cheapening God. We're putting him in, in a tough situation where we're masking the, the, our own personal desires and the desires of our heart as faith. And that we're sort of putting God in this linear line where he doesn't have, you know, we're trying to not give him a choice. And we're saying, this is what God will do. And that's how much faith I have, that God will do this. When I, I, I personally think having faith is saying God will work this. God will do something amazing with this. You know, that's what my wife said. You know, she didn't say God will heal me. She said God could heal me. And if God heals me, that's great. But if God doesn't heal me, that's also great because God will do something with this. You know, you can really look at the way that a lot of times when we pray, when we pray for something to happen and then wonder why God won't fix it, well, God is sitting there thinking, I'm trying. I'm trying. And a lot of times, this is another story that I, I definitely have shared this during life group also. And it's one of those stories that I've heard before. And it's, you know, someone's at home and they're praying about, um, you know, a friend of theirs that they just really want to embrace Christ. And they're like, Lord, just really bring this person to you, Lord. They need you, Lord. And they just, they don't know you. And then the months and the week go by and they keep praying, they keep praying, they keep praying. And uh, God's sitting there thinking, I'm trying but when I tell you to go, you're not going. You know, a lot of times we want God to work miracles when God works through people. God loves his people. God loves working through his people. And this person praying for their friend day after day after day, God is like, that's how I'm speaking to you. I'm putting this on your mind every single day with the hopes that you will go out and make changes make a miracle happen yourself through me a lot of faith comes down to this asking god how he can use us instead of asking god how we can use him because at the end of the day any plan that we would want to use god for is nothing compared to the plan that god could use us for
it's so important that you know we as as Christians are able to accept this, to accept this complete trust, confidence, and conviction in things unseen. Conviction in a God unseen, conviction in a plan unseen. That is what faith is. In the moment we know all the answers, we don't need faith anymore. The moment we can see everything, we don't need faith anymore. And finally, faith leads to action. Um, you know, I came across this literally last night as I was um as I was sort of going through things one last time, going over things one last time. And um, I was originally going to end the sermon here. And uh, this is just, I don't know, I came across this and um, I thought it fit pretty well. Um, so I thought we'd talk about it a little bit. And we'd add a third thing on to my original two part of faith. And that is that end part where faith leads to action. Because I do think that's so important that, you know, if we just have faith, but we don't go out and tell people about it, that, you know, we're not, we're not engaging our faith. We're not using our faith. You know, faith should result in us telling people about, you know, what, who God is and what God is doing. And in the book of Numbers, you know, we see Moses and they're, they're about to get to the promised land. And Moses sends 12 spies into the promised land for 40 days to scout out the territory. And when these spies returned, 10 of them said, whoa, we are not able to go up against these people. They are way stronger than we are. And Caleb says, let's go at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, they knew when they got there because Moses had been told from God that the promised land was to be there. So they knew the plan, um, which uh, a lot of times is a lot more than a lot of us do. But a lot of times, if you can listen, if you can take that moment in quiet, you might not be able to see God, but you can learn what his plan is. It's that confidence, that calming notion of this is what you want from me, Lord. And Caleb is able to see the plan. The other 10 are scared. They're like, I don't know. And Caleb is able to see the plan. He could not see God, but he had faith in what he could not see. He had complete trust and confidence in God. And he spoke this into existence when speaking to Moses and put his faith into action. He did not hesitate like the others did when, who had not seen this, who, who had seen the same things he had, but instead he wanted to go immediately. Caleb knew what God's plan was. He was not speaking his own plan into existence. You know, taking the promised land, while it would work out for him in the long run, was really the main goal was what God already wanted. And you can argue that actually the other 10 were being more of the whole pray, you know, praying for what they personally want with this whole idea of we shouldn't do this because they're scared and caleb puts that away and says hey some of us are going to get hurt some of us could die you know this could be really really dangerous but let's have faith in god and let's go for it and i hope we can all be more like caleb that we can put 
action to our faith. That when we pray for something, we take action to be the hands and feet of God. That we can put our complete trust in the conviction of things unseen. That like Caleb, that like what I've seen in my wife's life, that like what I've seen in countless other Christians, that we can engage with the world around us with our faith, our complete faith that puts the plan of God first and not masking our own plans as his. And so God will look down at his people, look down at you, me, at everyone, and say to all of us, thank you for working with me and for not trying to use your faith to get me to work for you. Lord, uh, I pray for faith. I pray for action. And I pray for conviction, Lord. I pray that we can put your plan first always and forever, whether we know what that plan is or not. And Lord, that we don't put our own plans before yours, and that we don't use you to accomplish our plans, Lord. I pray that all of us can continue to grow in our faith, Lord, in our faith each and every day. And that we wouldn't look at this idea of faith as something that's as simple as, I know God, therefore I have faith. But that it's a personal relationship. It's a daily choice. It affects our every actions each and every day, Lord. And that you would continue to grow this faith and help us to learn in our faith as we would learn to work closer with you, the unseen God and not try to get you to work for us. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here today. And uh, I just, I hope each one of you have an absolutely blessed day and a blessed week. Um, we're always here for you. If you guys need anything, don't hesitate to, to call, to text, to email, to Facebook message, to leave a comment on YouTube. Um, each one of us here at Living Hope is here for each one of you. We just want to be the hands and feet of God, helping each of you to get through this crazy thing that we call life. Have a great week, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.